Welcome to Looking at Lucasfilm, the podcast with a different perspective on the world of Star Wars, Indiana Jones, and all of the other entities that George Lucas, Kathleen Kennedy, Dave Filoni, and John Favreau, as well as the rest of the team at Lucasfilm, have dreamed up over the past 40 years. I'm entertainment writer Jim Hill, and my co-host Brian Gaughan and I are recording this week's show on Monday, October 3rd, 2022. Four weeks out from Halloween now. Yeah, I can't believe it's October already. Just, you know, everything's just flying. Yeah, and this time last year, we were into, like, second season of Mandalorian, so a lot of Grogu costumes out there. Any, any thoughts as to... What this year will be the the go to Star Wars outfit or, or well, we I do think there will be a lot of Boba Fett and um, mm-hmm. uh, his partner mm-hmm. Fennec Shand. I do think that, and then and we might get the other Wookie. The oh 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 yes, is it the name that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, I think there's going to be a lot of that. There will be clever people. I mean, if if you're clever, you you'll dress up as a biker gang. Um, the cyber biker gang that could be fun to do if you're in a group, mm-hmm. but um, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of different. I mean, but but for selling wise, there's just going to be a lot of Baby Yoga, uh, Mandalorian, and Boba Fett. I think. Okay. Okay. What do you think? I'm kind of hoping for Pelly. I really like Pelly. Yeah. Anyway, folks, going to be a short show this week. I'm back down in Orlando. Len and I are working on a project that we can't quite announce yet. Are you helping to clean up Animal Kingdom? Is that what you're doing? Interesting you say that. (laughs) I was in the Magic Kingdom today, and, and that was in good shape. If you're driving around the Orlando area, there's clearly evidence of trees being knocked around and some trees down and that sort of thing. But it's in pretty good shape. But at the same time, though, they got hit with so much rain here. They got 12 inches of rain. Wow. Totally overwhelmed the drainage system. Though, oddly enough, the one place that did not was the drainage system that General Joe Potter, when he was down here in the early 1960s, and the very first thing they built was the the drainage system at Walt Disney World, and it held, you know, funneled these millions and millions of gallons of water into the further down into the Everglades. Well, it pays to do something right. Yeah. You get what you pay for. I guess so, but... Speaking of, of the Disney parks and that sort of thing, that when I was down here previously, we're on the wish, and I do have some thoughts about the Star Wars stuff on the boat. But before we get to that, I want to remind folks the news portion of this week's episode of Looking at Lucasfilm is brought to you by Storybook Destination, trusted travel partner of the Jim Hill Media Podcast Network for a worry-free travel experience every time. Please book online at storybookdestinations.com. Okay. When the Wish was being built, one of the things that people kept talking and talking and talking about was the Hyperspace Lounge. That's the adult lounge, right? Well, I saw a a good number of kids in the Hyperspace Lounge. Oh. The gimmick of the Hyperspace Lounge is every 10 to 15 minutes or so, the big window in the room, which is a panel of video screens, jumps to hyperspace and you are then looking out at a different Star Wars location and on paper this is a wonderful idea and I do have to say that when you were in the space and 
the ship is moving and you have that that rumble of the engines it's very convincing uh, however the lounge itself is i want to say maybe 20 foot deep and like oh. 50 feet wide so it's it's not a whole lot of space and well the thing is the wish holds 4000 people wow so what they do to try to get people as many people as possible in they put a 45 minute limit on you know spent your time spent in the hyperspace lounge and the big to do about this just prior to the launch was the $5000 drink that you could get in there they right that was served in the ice cream maker from Empire. Did you see anybody that gets to get that? Well, no, because I spent a total of 10 minutes inside. Oh, of, no. I have to say that once you got inside and once you stared at the screen and saw how kind of underwhelming the space was, it was like, I, I don't know if I need to spend the whole 45 minutes in here. Okay. Well, did they have food? Did they have drink? I mean, what was the whole... What was the menu like? Uh, when I was in there, and it was right across from the Bayou Lounge. And whenever the Bayou Lounge would have music, or uh, they did things like they, they taught classes about how to draw Disney characters, that sort of thing, the line would die down to get into Hyperspace Lounge. It would go from 10, 15, sometimes 20 people standing in the hallway patiently waiting for their chance to get into the lounge. Uh, to just two or three and and so you know was able to blip in and I, the films the films that were presented on the giant screen behind the bar were really cleverly done and if you were paying attention you could recognize the vehicles being used which were you know signature vehicles for select you know certain star wars characters and it was just sort of so underwhelming Basic. Yeah, and it's just sort of like, wow, okay, welcome to my rec room that I sort of themed okay. like Star Wars. <laughs> so I guess I will have to give it another try. And you have to get in with four people and, and buy that $5,000 drink. Uh, no, no. <laughs> you know, I, 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 and while we're talking about things that were kind of underwhelming, I, I'm in kind of a weird position. I don't think a lot of people actually ever get to do this, but... Because of D23 being so close to the Disney dish and the Disney wish, I got to experience Rise of the Resistance on the West Coast within a week to 10 days of experiencing the East Coast version, the one at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Oh, cool. Uh, well, Oh, not cool? <laughs> well, no, you West Coast folks get the better deal. Your version of a Rise of the Resistance was in far better working condition. A lot more of the effects, whether it was the Kylo Ren figure that appears at the end and then gets almost sucked out of the ship. Likewise, when you sneak through the gunship portion of the vessel as you're trying to get to the drop thing, virtually everything was working. Where on the East Coast, a lot of effects are not working. I can, now, mind you, they were still running the attraction to full capacity. And, and as they do... At Walt Disney World. In fact, that's kind of Walt Disney World's dirty little secret is that uh, they will run the attractions out here until they just 
can't run them anymore then until so many effects are broken that it's like well we have to close we have to fix them well do do people notice that i mean if you've never been on the the ride before would you notice that that something is missing nancy who is not theme park crazy like myself got off the east coast version of rise of the resistance and was like wow that's a lot of broken effects and and so for for a nancy to have (laughs) noticed that that says a lot but the thinking at Walt Disney World is where, you know, at Disneyland, 70% of the folks who, who come to Disneyland come from less than 100 miles away. So right. the thinking is, okay. They can always come back. They can always come back. Whereas the folks who come to Walt Disney World, it's supposedly the once in a lifetime trip. So, you know, it's, well, we got to keep this thing open. Is that one reason why they don't do the holiday, the, the Haunted Mansion? so interesting you mentioned that because just today i was talking with somebody because of course they're getting the uh hatbot ghost next year oh Uh, cool you know finally that one comes out here and i was flat out told that the reason that they finally decided to make that decision is someone in anaheim shared how much money they were making off of hatbox ghost merch and it's like, oh, let's uh. do that. And also, one of the other reasons that they said that they could do this is this was a relatively quick drop-in. They could put that effect in. They could shut the attraction down for a week and have that loaded and fire it up again. Whereas uh, I got somebody senior at the resort who told me we're never, ever getting a uh, Hunter Mansion holiday out here. And that, again, is because it's a six-week load-in is a three-week load-out. Yeah. And it's just sort of like, that means shutting down one of the most popular attractions in the park for nine weeks total. And it's like, no, we can't do that in Florida. People would riot. Yeah, to see. Well, I, um, I know this is getting a little off track, but I do have to ask this. Um, I rode Haunted Mansion on my ninth birthday, which was August 10th, 1960, or 1969. Yep. So did they have Hatbox Ghost in the second day it was open? The reason I ask is I don't remember the ride Mm -hmm. because I was so afraid. Mm -hmm. All I did was bury my face in my dad's stomach Mm because I could not, I I was so terrified of that thing. Of course, afterwards I was fine, but I just wondered if the Hatbox Ghost was in there the second day it was open. Hatbox was in there. Okay. Yeah, now, mind you, the reason that Hatbox got pulled out of the attraction is the effect where it was in the building just was not working the way Disney had hoped. He was directly across from the bride in the attic, and with each beat of her heart, his head would disappear and appear in, in the Hatbox. And the technology just was not there to pull off the effect and evidently in order to get it dark enough so the head would disappear under the hat and appear in the hat box you couldn't see the figure but again if you hammer on google hard enough you can come up with this home movie that does in fact show the hat box ghost in okay. there well at least i know that i was in the presence of the hat box ghost even though i didn't see it i've had it explained to me that this home movie 
was taken from the cast member previews. Oh, And that by the time the general public got on the ride, the Imaginators had sort of resigned themselves to the fact that this isn't working the way we hoped. And so they jerk it on out. By the way, the, the just recently somebody reached out about the East Coast version of stuff that disappeared out of the mansion in either the the before it opened or in the early weeks of operation. But there's a slightly different setup in Florida. You get into the load area and then they take you up to the second floor and they have an Escher suit, uh, staircase set up there now, but it used to be you'd pass by these giant spider webs. But what supposedly put this moment over the top is these giant spider webs with these giant spiders in them. And there was clearly a human body that had been spun up in the web. And it had just enough movement to suggest, oh, whoever is in webbed up like that is still alive. And you heard it like, and people swear for years that they saw this. And only just recently has a piece of concept art emerged and evidently an early blueprint that listed uh, giant spiders, web and victim. So here's the joy, you know, the East Coast, West Coast. We all have our missing chunk of the, the Haunted Mansion. And I'm on the case to chase down that blueprint and that art to share for a, a reader who reached out recently. So on the Disney Wish, was there any other Star Wars? Were there characters? Were there, you know, like a little show or anything? Not that I saw. But remember, we are still in sort of maiden voyage, early shakedown for the wish and at some point in the future we will get our marvel days at sea we will get our star wars days at sea okay but yeah for now it it was the hyperspace lounge and kind of underwhelming but like i said early on let let's give them some time and there were other aspects of the the boat that had the same issue i mean for example people were talking about the marvel restaurant which the boat has only you know six or eight weeks into doing its cruises and evidently they've already changed the dinner show up there because it was scaring kids likewise frozen the arendale celebration dinner they very early on made a very big deal of the olaf animatronic that was supposed to be featured in that show and when we had dinner there that night no olaf somebody may have taken him out on deck and he may have melted or they're (laughs) technical something you know but again it's just are you, you're going to have to tell Josh Gad that you didn't see his performance. I, you know, that, that, I, I, I don't He's going to be sorely disappointed. I don't want to disappoint Josh. So, <laughs> but again, Mr. Gad was at the most recent D23, uh, named a Disney legend. And also remember at the, the D23 Expo, uh, we got to see the Indy 5 trailer, which supposedly leaked over the last day or so. Well, you got to see it. I tried everything to get in there, but I couldn't get into that one. Mm -hmm. And they didn't have any recording Mm -hmm. to that. But, I mean, you can see some things online, but Mm -hmm. I haven't seen the trailer yet. Mm -hmm. So tell us about the trailer. Whatever is out there is at least using the stuff that we saw. So I don't know if somebody in the room managed to get a camera out or that sort of thing but the whole intro the i missed the desert i missed the sea i missed waking up every morning wondering what wonderful adventure the new day will bring us and 
That was Salah, John Rice Davies, saying that. And the response here is correct. Indy saying that those days have come and gone. And, and Salah's response, perhaps, perhaps not. <laughs> so it's like, it's got the major beats of what we saw in the room that day. And well, well, how long was it? Was it just like a minute and a half? Was it, just... it, it was standard trailer length, I want to say, just okay. shy of two minutes. And the Mads Mickelson line to the effect of, who is this man? And get you know, to the effect of, I'm her godfather. So it's for, for the Phoebe Waller-Bridger character, which, Helena? Is that the name we, we remember? Yeah, Helena. Okay. It sounds right. But at the same time, it's like, you know, again, it bubbled up sometime today, and I imagine Disney, uh, you know, online, and Disney Legal jumped on them like wolves. So it, it's since Well, that's if it's on YouTube, but Devin happens to... You know, he goes to Reddit, and mm-hmm. there's there's people on Reddit that just are very sneaky about it. Mm-hmm. When Star Wars Celebration was up, he said that he got to see most of the panel trailers, hmm. and he's and I said, "How how the heck do you see that?" And he says, "Reddit." Mm-hmm. But I'm not a Reddit guy. I don't know how to find things like that. I don't know the secret password or the secret handshake. So. Based on the description, it certainly sounds like what I saw in the hall. Yeah. But trying to find it again to confirm that it has been tough. So while we're talking about Mr. Ford, what do you make of this Thunderbolt story? Well, I saw a picture Mm -hmm. and um, he sure looks like Thunderbolt. He sure looks a lot like what Mm -hmm. William Hurt looks like. Mm -hmm. And I think it would be great. I mean, you know that he said he was going to, Harrison Ford said he was going to retire from mm-hmm. from Indiana Jones. Right. But this would be a great thing for him to do. And then plus, doesn't Thunderbolt become Red Hulk? I guess we need to explain. The, the rumor that is currently making the rounds right now is, of course, we lost William Hurt earlier this year. Of course, he'd been playing General Thunderbolt Ross in the MCU as far back as the Incredible Hulk. And the MCU wants his character to continue. And as the story goes, Ford has supposedly been approached about being the recast, so to speak, picking up where William Hurt left off. And evidently, there's a handshake deal in place with Kevin Feige, head of MCU. But supposedly, Kathleen Kennedy, the head of Lucasfilm, asked that this news not be shared at the D23 Expo because she felt that the focus with Harrison should be on Indy 5, which uh, arrives in theaters June 30th, 2023, whereas the Thunderbolts movie doesn't show up till a year and a month later, uh, July 26, 2024. I guess I can buy that. That might be Kathleen Kennedy's take on this, that she wants his moment in the sun to be his hail and farewell as Indy. And then after that, if, you know, oh, by the way, he's he's working with Marvel Studios and being the recast of, of Thunderbolt Ross. I guess I can understand that. I can too. I can understand it, but I can also understand that I don't think it would have taken anything away from Indiana Jones. No, I, 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 you're not wrong. And I can see, you know, there's a lot of, you know, let's keep everything close to our vest. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the mystery box. It's, mm-hmm. you know, let's focus on this thing and not the other. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are things in, if you remember, um, Eddie Murphy was nominated for the musical. Um, oh, yes. I'm, the Girls. Uh, uh, Dream Girls. Dream Girls. Dream Girls. Mm-hmm. 
and he got nominated and everybody thought he was going to win. Mm-hmm. But then they brought out the movie Norbert mm-hmm. and all of a sudden his Q numbers went way down mm-hmm. because of what a bad movie that was and he didn't win. And a lot of people thought maybe it could have been because of that. Hmm. So in that same vein, let's not take the spotlight out of off of Indiana Jones mm-hmm. and put it on something that is only a handshake. Interesting point. Interesting point. But at the same time, this is what the internet thrives on. Silly news that might not be true. I mean, for, for, for example, uh, another Star Wars related bit of info, I mean, Christian Bale just oh, yeah. got asked in the last week to 10 days if you know you were going to be in the star wars universe what would you do and and well well can you tell uh, folks what what christian yeah. decided he wanted to be if he had the there's there's a funny meme like thing where one of the stormtroopers is mm-hmm. going through a door and he hits his head mm-hmm. and you can see it, it it's from I, I believe new hope and you can see it very quickly mm-hmm. and i don't even think people saw it until maybe years after the movie came out mm-hmm. so when they asked bail uh what would you like to be and he goes i'd like to be that guy i would like to i'd like to dress up as a stormtrooper mm-hmm. walk through a door and hit my head there's supposedly a documentary out there where Star Wars aficionados have tried to track down who was the extra in, you know, who was in the Stormtrooper outfit for that shot. And they were never able to actually track down who this gentleman was. But flip side, though, of course, after Christian's answer, the Star Wars community then began, oh, but if we could get Christian Bale, who should he play? And I had read somewhere that someone had suggested Thrawn. People were talking about, um, because, of course, Ahsoka is getting close to coming out, Mm -hmm. and they're announcing more and more actors into it. And uh, on people's wish list was always Mm -hmm. um, Lars Mikkelsen, um, Mad's brother, who is the voice in in rebels Mm -hmm. but now people are talking of um christian slater and i think there's more than just you know the rumors out there i think there was something that was said to somebody else Mm -hmm. it's more than just a wish list i think it's more of a a rumor interesting okay all right well we'll tell you what folks uh that's gonna do it for the the film side of the equation but when we get back from the break brian and i of course will discuss episode four of andor and some other lucasfilm properties that are are headed our way on disney plus Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sadly, when this show goes live will be Wednesday, the 5th, and there'll be a brand new, the 5th episode of, of Andrew, which Brian and I have will not have seen at this point. But four move, definitely moved the story along. What was your, your take on this? You can definitely tell that it's a different arc. Mm-hmm. And then when you think about it, the first three episodes kind of just ended one arc mm-hmm. you saw continuations like the the one company i don't know lieutenant or something mm-hmm. that he was it was like he was fired mm-hmm. we don't know if he was fired if he was reassigned but we saw him go going home to mother mm-hmm. which which was a very strange to me because i don't know if we've ever seen anything like that in the star wars universe where somebody you know that supposedly should disappear mm-hmm. now they have a new story that they're going to have. So I don't know, is he going to become part of the, you know, Imperials is, but I, I, he's going to be a character that is going to be continuing through the, or or, or else they wouldn't have introduced this new story about him. I do not think you are wrong. I mean, again, I, I think that Mr. Gilroy, who's, you know, writing and directing Andor is very much a constructionist. And the Cyril Karn character that Kyle Soler plays is one of the only people who's had, well, not necessarily a face-to-face encounter, because remember, Cassian basically held a gun to the back of his head and got the information he needed. But he's one of the only people who's actually dealt with Cassian. And I, I... let me make a prediction here that the heist that we're seeing set up oh. is successful. And as a direct result, the folks in the Empire, particularly the, the Deidre Miro character, the one who was, was angling to get in the mix to, to investigate this, the Empire is going to be looking for Cassian Endor on the heels of the success of this heist. And so they're going to be looking for people who've had dealings with him. So I would imagine Cyril's going to be pulled back in at okay. that moment. Because it's like, who has actually interacted with this guy? Yeah, because if you think about it, with 12 episodes, there probably go- are, is going to be four mm-hmm. arcs. So that would make sense mm-hmm. that the the next arc will be the heist. Mm-hmm. And then after that will be more. And then we've got a whole new season um, next year hopefully mm-hmm. and yeah that makes sense you you have to have this mm-hmm. and that's something funny you you never see whenever you see a heist film mm-hmm. like um where eagles dare and mm-hmm. stuff like that you never see what happens at the end or after the end you never see the follow-up this and, should be really interesting and remember you know the whole conceit of season one and season two 
is that it takes us right up to the start of Rogue One. And so we are episode four, soon to be episode five. Right. So we are still putting the chess pieces down on the board. And, and think about the what we saw the, the Stellan Skarsgård's character do, take on this elaborate disguise as a kind of goofy art dealer. And Mon Motha, to see her come into the gallery and the two of them disappear into the back and... You know, suddenly it's, it goes from, I'm getting a birthday present for my husband to a very serious discussion and, and how the stakes are so much higher and the, it's all new faces and they're clearly paying attention to her. And, and then to watch her domestic situation where she's got yeah. her husband who is clearly, you know, just a party guy, so to speak, and likes hanging out with his powerful friends. And these are the people in the Senate who are cutting her off left and right. And you notice also she says that there's somebody else. Mm -hmm. There's I have a um, there's somebody in the wings. Mm -hmm. There's somebody. Do, do you have any idea who that could be? The only theory I have right now going forward is a the heist is successful or at least successful enough that the empire takes notice and they then begin going back over well who's had any dealings with this guy. So I'm going to bet you that the Cyril Karn character. This is what gets him out of Mama's house. Oh, okay. And remember, they established that he returns to Coruscant? Yes. The, 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 yeah, Coruscant, yeah. And they do the whole elaborate thing of he has to take the elevator down to the lower yeah. levels of the city. So he's, he's taken a real step back in his life. So I think he will latch on to this opportunity to work with the Empire and do whatever he has to. Well, yeah, but remember Mon Martha said mm -hmm. that she has somebody, that there's somebody that she's been in touch with. Mm -hmm. And do you, I, I think that could be either Bale mm -hmm. or Organa, or it could even be Princess Leia. Interesting. Because if it has to set up mm -hmm. what happens right after Rogue One, mm -hmm. Then why not make an introduction to how Princess Leia is part of the Resistance? Well, now one thing you need to remember, though, that when we meet Mon Mothma, yeah, in Rogue yeah. One, she is in the Rebellion. She is in right. hiding. They are as hesitant as they are to uh, for the Rogue One mission to go forward because. You know, the stakes are too high. We could lose what little we have. So, But then don't they give the plans to um, Leia? Well, remember... Meaning that she is probably in the, the resistance at this time. I think you're talking about Y and Z. <laughs> I think we're still talking about D and D E. And, okay, you're e. right. You're you know, right. Because remember, right. we are four episodes in. There are still eight for just for season one and an additional 12 that we'll get in season two. So lots of story yet to do. Uh... Lots of story, and it's it's getting into George um, territory mm. because the politics are coming into this too. Yep. yep. And it, it really is, especially the room with the, what, what did the, who was the Peter Cushing character? Moff Tarkin. Okay, um, you notice how the the leader here mm -hmm. he looks a lot like like Peter Cushing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's almost like a brother or a, a lookalike, but it gives you the feeling it it connects it. At least it did for me visually mm -hmm. with. But they're all in white too, which was very strange to see that. 
So I, I just, I just, I just love how they're making it connecting, but it's not. It's its own different thing. Mm-hmm. It's got the heist thing going on, and those characters are great. Mm-hmm. Those people on the the planet, and I can't wait to see this this event that's supposed to happen. This meteor shower. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's gonna be. I mean, they they just build up to all these like great things that should I don't be know. happening. Well, again, that's the thing. Tony Gilroy is, is no slouch at this stuff, so it's 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 gonna be. Fascinating to see where it goes forward from here. Now, on, on the other hand, we do have other things headed our way. And in fact, uh, Skeleton Crew, you were just mentioning. Wow. Yeah. They are. It, it's so funny because the Mandalorian, we knew nothing about. And we knew that, you know, we knew what Mandalorians were. But with Skeleton Crew, again, we know nothing about it except mm-hmm. that Jude Law is in it. But right. now they're just like trickling things down. There's a video that you can find on YouTube and everywhere, and they it doesn't seem like they've taken it down yet. But what it is, it's a stunt mm-hmm. of a speeder, and there it's far away, so you can hardly see it. It's a speeder, and there's a character that falls off of it. And a lot of people are thinking that it could be the actor Ravi Kabat Conyers, mm-hmm. who plays the voice of Antonio in Encanto. Mm-hmm. And he's rumored to be in this. And I guess in the poster with with Jude Law, you see Jude Law's head, but then you see the silhouettes of all the kids mm-hmm. and people are picking out who is who. And they're thinking that that's what, they, they seem to be dressed in the same manner that the guy falling off of the the speeder is Mm -hmm. and then there's another actress that they've um, rumored to be um her name is liana Mm -hmm. uh, crater who was in the disney show bunked Mm -hmm. so that's what disney seems to get the best actors but they grab somebody from their stable Mm -hmm. so it's the whole synergy thing like with Ms. Marvel when you had the best friend and she's a big Disney star. Mm-hmm. So they just bring in people like that just to, you know, because a lot of kids like familiarity. Oh, so yeah, if they yeah. see somebody that they've seen before, then it's like, oh, that's the kid from Bunk or mm-hmm. whatever. But yeah, it looks like it's coming out there. And I, do you know if they're shooting in Manhattan, if they're shooting in the, the volume? Because they are shooting in LA, right? Because they got that text right off they did and from the look of the show this is very apparent they tony gilroy decided made it a conscious decision to go with physical sets versus the volume whereas it's been suggested skeleton crew is a little bigger a little grander in fact that's one of the reasons they chase the tax credit so one would imagine with that in the mix probably more use of the volume but but I'll tell you what, let, let me make some calls. Let me nose around. Let me see what I can find out. But that's still undated, but it's coming in 2023. I think that's supposed to follow season three of The Mandalorian, which February, February 2023? Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Now, there's only Tales of the Jedi in between that. There's nothing else. Or we, we, we got some kind of date on Bad Batch, didn't we? That was in... March, I think. Remember that got also got pushed out to two thousand. Oh yeah, that got pushed. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm just seeing, there's so after Andor, mm-hmm. there's not going to be anything, basically. We still have well, counting the episode that drops on the day that this podcast goes live, 
you know, oh, that's right. We got seven episodes. You know, though we, we got, got seven episodes. episodes. It's so, not over till December. You're right. Don't pre-dread the ending. Just you know, I'm like, not. Yeah, I just, know. I just want to make sure that I have my Star Wars filled up. Okay. But you know, with the holes in my memory, if mm. I watch Mandalorian season one again, I bet I, I bet I pick up on a lot more things that I missed mm, that, or that, forgot. That could be. So, I, just finding the time to do that, and but that oh, would yeah. be fun. That would be fun. All right. Well, anyway, folks, that is going to do it for this week for looking at Lucasfilm. Brian, I know you've got a social media presence. Can you tell folks where they can? Yeah, it's you? it's it's on Twitter and it's geek with children and children is spelled C-H-I-L-D-R-N. Mm-hmm. And I put up some things that I'm interested in and some things I see around and things like that on that. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter as Jim Hill Media and over on Facebook as Jim Hill Media News. Beyond that, we have a couple of other podcasts here that if you, you want to listen to that, that might be fun. We've got, of course, The Mothership, Disney Dish with Len Testa. Uh, we have Fine Tuning. We have Marvelous Disney. And, of course, the, the show you're listening to today. And, if, by the way, if you could do Brian and I a favor, if you could head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and recommend looking at Lucasfilm, that would be helpful. Uh, if you want to head over to Bandcamp and subscribe, that would be helpful. And that's going to do it for this week. So thanks so much for listening. And on behalf of uh, Mr. Gunn, uh we will be back soon. <laughs>